We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Psalms 21. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the what? Counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The Bible just told you who's blessed. Churches today want to make everyone think that they're blessed. Everyone's not blessed. Okay? I could make you all think you're blessed and take your money. But I wouldn't be telling you the truth. Everyone's not blessed. But I'm saved. If I'm saved, I'm blessed. Well, you can be saved, but if you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful, you're not blessed. You'll go to heaven, but it's going to be a hard road getting there. Amen? If, you walk, if you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, or standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful. So, to become a stable like a tree, we got to start there. The first thing we must do in order to become stable believers is to avoid ungodly what? Alliances. Ungodly alliances will cause you to be unstable. People that practice ungodliness will soften our stance and cause us to fall. You can't be close friends with a homosexual or a lesbian. You can't. I'm sorry. Because they're going to cause you to soften your stance from where God's stand is on that. But all sin is sin. No, we're not talking about sin. We're talking about sinning. There's a difference. You're not sinning a sin and getting forgiveness. You're practicing a sin as a lifestyle. Difference. So if someone around you is practicing a sin as a lifestyle, then they're going to soften your stance on sin. You'll get used to it. Sin won't become as, I guess, as vile as it should in your mind because you're used to it. So when that sin is addressed, you take a softer stand on it. Because you're used to it. Right? Amen? Y'all seen those mothers who, you know, they be, they, they all strong in church. Preaching against everything. But then when one of their kids get arrested. Well, the devil is busy. Everybody's kids. You know, it ain't just every, every, the devil's after everybody. He's after, you know, they just change. It's like, well, before your child, before Willie got arrested, you had all the kids on the altar. That's because sin will change your stance. It'll soften your stance. Does that make sense? People that practice ungodliness will soften our stance, cause us to fall. Godly counsel nourishes us and makes us what? Steadfast. The opposite of that is godly counsel. So the counsel of the ungodly, the opposite of that is godly counsel, which nourishes us and makes us steadfast or makes us stronger, makes us more tree-like. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications do what? Corrupt good man. You can't be around somebody with evil communications and your communications stay good. 
going to corrupt you just because. Right? Well, Jesus hung out with the sinners. No, he didn't. He never did that. Who's the, why? Why do they say that? Jesus, first of all, Jesus didn't hang out with nobody. I think I'll go hang out with Paul them today. I mean, what? Jesus never hung out with anyone. He did not hang out with sinners. Sinners came looking for him to change. And the Bible said at one point when he finally preached the truth to all of them, they said the saying was too hard and they all did what? Left him. They don't ever bring that part up. Okay, Jesus was hanging out with them, but then when Jesus talked about what they were doing, they all left. Let's talk about that. Nobody wants to bring that up, but that's the truth. First Corinthians 15 and 13. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, evil communications corrupt good manners. People that have been severely, no, standing in the sinner's way causes us to experience issues that could have been avoided. Right? Standing in the sinner's way causes us to experience issues that could have been avoided. The way of the sinner is hard. So we should always choose the path of the righteous. So when you're standing in the sinner's way, it's going to cause you to experience issues. Some of y'all know that from family. You got some old ratchet family. You keep them around. They're going to take your money and make your way hard. Right? You had the money to do everything you needed to do until Ratchet Ruth came and stayed with you. Messed your credit up. Wrecked your car. You had just enough to pay for that car. You can't pay for the car and the wreck. Your way became hard. Amen. Sometimes you just have to learn how to say no. I tell people all the time, you know, especially young couples that get married and I take you through premarital counseling and I, you know, marry you and that kind of thing. And then they come to me, they're like, yeah, things are going so great, so great, oh, so wonderful. Then a week later, yeah, one of my cousins, you know, I think we're going to take him in because he. Can you secure your love first? Let's give yourself a couple of years to make sure y'all going to be all right before you start adding to the equation. Bring an old ratchet family in to live with you. But we're supposed to know you not. Not if they're ratchet. You know, folks choose to be ratchet. That's their choice. You're not obligated to deal with that. Cops at the house, wake lights flash and wake you up every night. Ooh, if these berries don't stop flashing in my window. Yeah, so you have to watch out for that because if you stand in the sinner's way, it's going to cause you to experience issues. That I know folks that have divorced because they brought ratchet family in. You didn't even make it. The way of the sinner is hard, so we should choose the path of righteousness. Standing in the way of righteousness keeps our yoke easy and our burdens light so when we do what is right our yoke is easy burden is life light amen I, I, i'm worried about people that always woo man it's so hard to live safe oh god living safe in the 
Well, how are you living it? We need to talk about this. Because <laughs> the Bible said his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. So why, why is it so hard on you? You're not doing something right. Most of the time you'll find they're standing in the way of sinners. Amen. Amen. And you know, we're, 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 we're a loving church. We love all of y'all. We'll try to help if we can, whatever, whatever. But man, you're not going to take, you're not going to sit up in, in, in ABC and, 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 and rake money from folks. You better come up with a plan. If you come to the elders, we're going to sit you down and look through all your money if you ask for some. I want to know where the rest of your money went. And I want to know where this money we might give you, which we usually don't. I want to know where this is going. Amen, because most folks don't, they don't need the money for real. They need you to help them with money. You need money help. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we have to be good stewards with y'all's money. That's y'all's money. So we we need to talk about this, brother. Now, if we give you this, what's going to happen next month? I need to know that first. Do I give you a fish or do I give you a fishing pole? Amen. If we're standing in the way of of sinners, our way gets hard. But with Christ, man, with Christ, it is supposed to be easier. It's supposed, our burdens are supposed to be lighter. Proverbs 13 and 21, evil, evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous, good shall be what? Repaid. Evil pursues sinners. People that have been severely hurt without properly dealing with it become scornful the scorner believes that their feelings supersede the gospel and obedience to the god's word that's a scorner y'all know scorners right they're what they want supersedes what's true yeah some people in here and thank god for all of you love you all hope all of you stay but some people in here will get mad over something minor that don't even make sense and just snatch their family out of the church because their feeling supersedes them receiving truth. Yeah, instead of just coming and talking about it and working it out and man, what can we do? Their feelings will supersede what is right and what is true. That's a scorner. The scorner believes that their feelings supersede the gospel and obedience to God's word. The seat of the scornful is essentially a place where your feelings are greater than God's desires, which will cause you to place your will above God's plan. That's a scorner. Y'all know scorners. That's people that dog out your source of getting truth. You in here getting truth and they telling you, ah, man, I don't take all that. That's a scorner. And they've been scorned by being severely hurt. So they have trust issues. So they don't trust anybody, including the preacher. This is why people stop going to church. I hate when they look at TV. See, see, that's why I don't go to church. That's not why you don't go to church. You don't go because you don't want to go. I tell people all the time, you're not mad at me. You're mad. You were mad before you met me. You're using me. But you were already a scorner. Amen. Proverbs 15 and 12. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. 
neither will he go unto the wise. He don't want anybody correcting him. Neither will he go to someone that might correct him. I got friends right now that avoid me like the plague because they know I'm going to correct them. So they would rather just lose my phone number and disappear off the grid so I won't correct them. That's a scorner. All right, y'all got that picture, right? All right. The second verse, Psalms 1 and 2. But his delight, the one that is blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, the Lord's law, doth he meditate day and night. In his law doth he meditate day and night. God's law, which are his desires, should be at the forefront of our existence. We should die to our will and accept God's way in order to what? Stand strong. Galatians 5 and 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. When our delight is in material things and achievements, we must follow our own way to get them. So if you're worried about what people think about you, you're worried about, about what you're going to get from people, then you're going to have to go your own way to get that. God is not about making you look good to your family. As a matter of fact, God will get you persecuted. Your family will think you crazy because of the Lord. He loves doing that. Don't he? Yes. He loves putting you in that awkward moment at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And they start questioning the decisions you made. So you did what? You, you took your kid out of school and put him where? Home. Homeschooling. That's not school. That's home. You just sitting there. Well, you know, we thought it'd be best. You thought what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you look crazy. Yeah, that's God. He loves to do that. He loves to make us. I mean, if his son got shamed, but men tried to, uh, when, his, when men looked upon his son and persecuted his son, you know what we're going to get. That was his son. So yeah, yeah, you're gonna people are gonna look at you crazy. I'm used to it now. I'm just used to it. You know, but they never do it to my face. Like when they come to my face, they always like, hey brother, man, you're doing a good you you're doing a good work, bro. That's a good old work you're doing. It's good. You keep it up. All right then. And they get away from me. He crazy. He's a cult leader. He's leading a cult over there. It's a cult. Whenever folks start taking their kids out of school, he did, now he's about to get some Kool-Aid and make them all drink it. That's the next step. Out of school, Kool-Aid. That's it. And buy them all Nikes. Y'all got to put on Nikes and then drink Kool-Aid. But in my face, man, I saw your video. Really? Really? Did you see it? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I mean, did you, did, what did you like about it? Man, that video was good. It was just good. All right, then. You keep making them videos. <laughs> I just laugh because I'm used to it. I mean, come on. It's the time we're living in. When the time gets wicked, truth looks more weird. Truth just starts, like what I'm preaching now just sounds weird because it's hard to hear what I'm saying now and then go home and watch Joel Osteen. You can watch Joel Osteen for two hours and still not know what he said. 
It's like, bro, it's, we're going on two hours, man. Uh, what are you telling me? That you can have the best life ever if your life is the best. If your life is the best, you will have the best life ever. So just, just make it the best. The best life is what you make it. Because if you make it the best life, guess what it's going to be? The best life ever. You'd be like, When you deal with sin, folks acting right, living for the Lord, doing your best to live for God. Oh, they don't want to hear that. You mean I got to change? You mean I can't be a stank whore and see the kingdom? I can't stop. I, I got to stop sleeping around? Yes. Yes, you do. I can't be gay and go to heaven. No, but you shouldn't want to be that anyway. Let's just take heaven out of it. Man, what are you doing? Amen. You should want to just stop that because of nature. Yes, sir. And cleanliness. Yes, sir. When our delight is in material things and achievements, we must follow our own way to get them. Our striving does not ensure that we will find true joy and contentment once we receive our fleshly pursuits. I know folks that have spent their whole life pursuing something. And then when they finally got it, they're still not happy. You know why? Because that's what they wanted. Only God knows what's going to make you happy because he made you. You're only going to find your purpose and your true purpose. You're going to find in the one that created you. The manufacturer always knows his product. If God is the one that made you, in order for you to know what's going to make you feel good about you, you got to consult the manual. The manufacturer. You can't just decide what you want because what you're deciding is based on how you feel at that time. And you would have spent a lifetime of pursuing something. And then when you get there, you find out it's still not enough. But when we delight in the will of, of the Lord, he gives us right desires. And it doesn't add what? Doesn't add sorrow to us. So when we do what God wants us to do, no sorrows coming. What God has for us, man, you can do what God has for you and your blood pressure will stay 120 over 80. Anytime your blood pressure is higher than that, you're doing something God didn't want you to do. Uh-oh. Yeah, the manufacturer says it should be 120 over 80. That's the, he made you. So whatever he's causing you to do is not going to give you a stroke. Talk to preachers sometimes. Man, these folks drive me crazy, man. Half my body don't even work no more. I was like, brother, you should be doing this. You lost the use of your body. Man, you put to. <laughs> but God said, God said he wasn't going to put more on you than you can bear. But you can. You can put more on you than you can bear. Amen. I told you the day I start getting sick dealing with church folks, I quit. I'm dropping the mic and I'm walking out of here. I'm not going to get sick. I should be healthy. 
I should be very healthy dealing with God's people. God's people fuel me in the gym. I mean, when I get off the phone, I'm going to lift. There's just fuel, fuel to feel better. Yeah, look, some, nobody want to amen that because I ain't going to the gym ever. <laughs> Psalms 34, 37 and 4. Oh, no, he gives us right desires. It doesn't ask ours. 37 and 4 says, delight also in the Lord, and he shall what? Give thee the desires of thine heart. He's going to give you what to desire. That's what he's going to do. So what you thought you really wanted, if you delight yourself in him, he'll tell you that's not going to work out for you. You're going to waste a lot of time and money and you're still not going to find joy in that. Let him give you what to desire. Amen. Meditating on God's law day and night does not mean that we think about the word all day. Amen. Nobody's that saved. Everything that come out of your mouth can't be a scripture. All day. Nobody want to talk to you. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You know God is good. How you doing? Man, I don't like you. You, don't, you can't talk natural. Just, you, you're not a human no more. You're just floating. Look at you. Your feet ain't even on the ground. But that's not what that means. Just meditating all day. And just, I had a preacher tell me that one time. I don't ever come out. Man, when I get in the room and I get before the Lord, I might. Man, I look up 10 hours has passed. Daughter got pregnant when she was 12. You should have came out the room. You should have looked up one day and saw her. You should have took her in the room with you. Bro, you missed a lot in that room with the Lord. God doesn't do that. No. No. God made man and woman, told him, be fruitful, multiply. All right, y'all, go on and go. Have a good time. Enjoy life. That's what he did. And that's what he wants you to do. Enjoy life. Amen. Not the club. Life. It means that no matter what circumstances we face, they should always be filtered through what? His word. So that means when you're dealing with something, well, what does the word say? This is what I have to do. This is how I deal with this. Does that make sense? I deal with this through the word, but I'm not walking around holding the Bible all day. I mean, if you want to walk around holding the Bible all day, you can. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about keeping the word in you as a filter so that any decision you make, you filter it through the word. Everything must be tried and tested with God's will for us. Not, I mean, so we will not fall. Proverbs 3 and 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll do what? In all thy ways, do what? Acknowledge him. Finally, Psalms 1 and 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So once you do all of these other things, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor seated, uh, seated in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the word of God and he meditated on day and night, meditates on it day and night. After all of that, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and what? So ever. Look at somebody say whatsoever. Don't you want that to be a testimony about you? Folks get around you and start prospering. And I'm not talking about money. Things just get better. Things get better. Whatever you touch, wherever you go, things get better. 
Things aren't supposed to get worse when you come around. Folks running from you, slamming doors. <laughs> Don't let him ride with you in the car. You, you get a flat. No, nobody wants you around like that. No. <laughs> Whatever you do shall prosper. You know, some people are like that just because of the way they talk. I mean, man, it's church. It's service. So they come. You come up to them and say, how you doing, brother? Well. I mean, dude, nothing, nothing, God, nothing's good. Nothing. Oh, you got here at the church. I mean, somebody had to drop me off. You ate this morning. No, I didn't. <laughs> Are you breathing? No. <laughs> but some people are like that. Man, think of something good. At least start out with the good. Then we can talk about it. How you doing, brother? Well, you know, man, I mean, I eat the best, but man, God is still good. Okay, give me some doubt. And we can deal with it, but man, every Sunday. I mean, soon as I finish, uh, come off the stage, here you go. Man, like that donkey on Winnie the Pooh. Y'all right, man? Oh, no. Nobody likes me. What's his name? Eeyore? Oh, my goodness. Dude. But people want to be around you when they prosper around you. And I'm not talking about finance. I'm talking about you just make them feel better. Just better, man. Don't look at the negative. Let's look at the positive. Bro, you could have been dead. You could have been gone. You know people that have been that are dead. That could have been you. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When we are planted, we will bring forth fruit in due season. Fruit produced out of season lacks the flavor and nutritional value of fruit that is in season. Y'all know that, right? That's why they spray all these chemtrails in the sky. This week was just crazy. They were drawing stuff in the sky. I put it up on Instagram. They're manipulating weather so that they can keep food in season all year. That's one reason they're doing it. They're doing it again to hide activity that's going on. And plus, I do believe in the theory of the sun being too close. I'm actually one that believes that. So I believe that they are doing things with the weather. They're modifying the weather because of that. It's not global warming. It's end time warming. I mean, why would God just throw fire from nowhere? All he got to do is just push the sun. I'm sweating in here now like the sun is closed. Eddie, man, come on. Like the Grammys in here. These lights. <laughs> but, but yeah, so they, they, they're doing this because they can grow. If they can grow food all year long, you know how much money they make? You remember back in the day when you could only get strawberries when it was cold. Blueberries when it was cold. If it was hot outside, you couldn't get strawberries or blueberries. Now you can get them and they're bigger than your head. It's like that's a radioactive strawberry. Why are strawberries in the store all year? That's because they're growing them out of season. They don't taste the same. They don't, t- they don't taste the same, do they? They don't taste the same because they shouldn't be here. They're GMO, genetically modified by the chemtrails they're putting in the sky. Simple. 
And when you grow fruit like that, it doesn't taste good. And Lord knows what it does to us because they've only been doing it since 94. So we don't know what's going to happen. Luke 6 and 43, for a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth what? Good fruit. So if you're a good tree, you're going to bring forth what? Good fruit. When we are planted, we will bring forth fruit in due season. Trees planted in fields are dependent upon the seasons for nourishment. But trees planted by the river have sustenance at all times so that it will continuously yield what? Good fruit. Not dependent on the weather at all because I'm by the stream. I'm by the source. That source is the word of God. That source is hearing the word of God. If you stay close to that, you'll bring forth fruit all the time. Won't be contingent upon what you're going through and the season. You can be going through a, a trial, a tribulation, and still bring forth fruit. Because you're connected to the stream, the source. Amen? Jeremiah 17. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh. The sun won't even bother you. But her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cause from yielding, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Good fruit comes from being planted in a good place and forsaking the fellowship of the ungodly or being in a place that is unfruitful. That's simple. You want good fruit, you need to be where fruit is. Because the Bible says unless the fruit dies and the seed falls to the ground, nothing's going to grow. So you have to be in a place where fruit is growing. Amen. A place that's producing fruit so that fruit can even cause something else to grow. When we are well planted, delighting in God's way and avoid the counsel of sinners, we are like trees that cannot be what? Move. John 15 and 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of it's self. Praise God. Summary. A tree can only yield good fruit if it is planted in a good place. That makes sense, right? Where it can receive what it needs to sustain, sustain itself. It cannot bear any fruit if it cannot first sustain itself. How is a tree going to grow something and yield something if it's dying? How are you going to produce something if you are spiritually dying? You're in a spiritual drought. You can't produce anything. You have to first be able to sustain yourself before you can sustain anyone else. It must have enough sustenance for its own growth before it can ever branch out and what? Bear fruit. The same principle is true for us as believers. In order for us to help others and advance the kingdom of God, we must first experience growth ourselves. Amen. We must avoid fellowship with, uh, with sinners and ungodly people and align ourselves with those that can aid our growth. We must plant ourselves in good ground near a consistent water supply, which will help keep us growing despite what seasons we go through. Once we grow, we can sprout leaves and then bear fruit. Amen. You can't bear fruit until you grow. Amen. The only words you get during the week is veggie tales and you 40 years old you you're not growing that's for little children 
You can't read the Bible that doesn't have pictures in it. You can't, you, you're not growing. Amen. The only time you talk to the Lord is when you're on your knees. Now will lay me down to sleep. After a whole day of watching straight out of Compton and Friday. You can't bear fruit. You can't even sprout branches. You won't have leaves. This process, what? It cannot be avoided. We must do it God's way to get godly results. Amen? John 15 and 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is what? Withered. Men gather them, cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be what? Done unto you. Y'all, this is the difference in you asking God for something and never getting it, or God putting in you what to ask him for. And you ask him for that, and you always get it. That's him giving you his desires. Let me read that again, because that was deep. If ye abide in me, and what? He says, if my words are in you, then when you pray, you're praying what? His words. You pray his words, you're praying a guarantee. You pray what you desire, it's not guaranteed. You don't know how that's going to end, but he made you. He knows exactly how it's supposed to end. So if you let his words abide in you, you use his words to get what you need. He says, my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This is how my father finds pleasure. This is how the father is glorified. That ye bear what? Much fruit. You can't bear fruit without his words in you. And if you do all of this, so shall ye be what? My disciples. Everyone stand to your feet. His words, he abide in you and his words abide in you. You can ask what you will. Because whatever you are going to ask, you're going to ask based on what his words say. That's the only way our prayers work. God is not out here where we just randomly decide to say something to him. No, we get to know him so that we can use his words. Because his words are spirit. His words are life. He knows the end. Why would you not trust the one that knows the end? He knows how it's going to end. Why wouldn't you put your trust in him? So I want his words in me. And I want to abide in his words. So that when I ask him for something, it's based on what he already wants for me. I don't want to waste any more time. I don't want to waste any more time looking for what I want, what I think, what I think is best for me. Why would I even go through that? When I can just trust the manufacturer. Because he'll know exactly what's best for me. Amen. Everyone bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. 
We are living in a time, God, where we are so about ourselves, our society, social media, everything is meant to highlight us, to make us look good, make us get liked, to make us accepted, to make us grow an audience, a crowd, a following, to make people follow us and make men feel special. But God, we know that you made us. So if you made us, only you know what's special about us. So right now, God, in this place, we put our trust, our confidence, and our faith in the one that made us. Lord, that we will no longer chase what we think is best for us. But we will chase the one that created us. And the way we chase you, we just simply open your book and read what you said and allow that to abide in us. So that we can pray what it is you want us to pray. We can have your desires in us. Because if what you desire for us is in us, then we'll be that tree that you want us to be. Help us, God, to be planted, to be stable, to receive sustenance, to sprout branches, to grow leaves, to bear fruit in due season and help us to trust you God because your word will never lead us the wrong way I pray right now that everyone in this building and everyone abroad that hears this message will begin to trust you God like never before as our world turns more evil and all of these things that you said would come to pass are coming to pass help us God to trust you so that our faith will remain in you and we will be like trees. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.